0: This show is made possible only by the support of the listeners. Please find a way to support the show that works for you by checking out the support box at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Colbert Report, Media Matters, The Rachel Maddow Show, The Daily Show, Bill Moyer's Journal, Countdown with Keith Olbermann, and it's all politics from NPR.
1: We are talking about the Democrats' attempt to ram through their health care bill using reconciliation. Now, I want you to imagine the worst case scenario if they succeed. Are you imagining it? Well, Rush Limbaugh has you beat.
2: I'll just tell you this. Uh, if this passes, I am leaving the country. No!
1: Rush, if he leaves, who will make fun of people with Parkinson's? When the rest of us do it, it seems kind of mean. And folks, to stop this thing, we're going to need all the help we can get, which brings us to tonight's word. Define and conquer. Folks, we all remember what Shakespeare so famously said. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Maybe. But would your true love really want you to give her a beautiful red taint blossom? (laughs) Of course not. Because words have power. They can hit like a fist. Especially if you write them on your fist. And Republicans know this. They have always found just the right word. From... (laughs) From Limousine liberals to welfare queens to death panels, Republicans know that the right name can make any legislation sound as unwelcome as a turd in a punch bowl. And we all, we all know that reconciliation is a gross abuse of Senate rules. The problem is, the word reconciliation sounds kind of nice, no matter how hard Michelle Malkin tries. You're spelling reconciliation differently than the president is and his men.
3: Yes, with uh, a W at the front, rec <laughs> as in train reconciliation.
1: <laughs> she is great. Thank God. Thank God for conservative pollster Frank Luntz. His company, Word Doctors, specializes in message creation and image management. Their actual motto, it's not what you say, it's what they hear. So instead of the estate tax, he gave us the death tax. And instead of offshore drilling, he sold us deep sea energy exploration. Now, Luntz... (laughs) Luntz knows just what to call reconciliation. Reconciliation.
4: How many of you believe that the Democrats should try to get any health care through and accept 51 votes as being enough? It's called reconciliation. Who wants them to to use the so-called nuclear option?
5: See?
1: (laughs) They lowered their hands because no one likes the nuclear option. Except these people. Some call it the nuclear option. The nuclear option.
3: The nuclear option. Nuclear option. The nuclear option. The option. (laughs) The nuclear option.
1: Now, of course, I'm sure Frank would have a more positive name for actual nuclear bombs. But even, <laughs> even calling reconciliation the nuclear option may not sound evil enough. Because ultimately, <laughs> it seems people still like the idea of health care. And why not? Health plus care. Those are just two positive words jammed together. And people, people seem to like doctors because the word doctor sounds so comforting. But let's remind people, these guys sometimes stick their fingers up your butt. And ultimately, ultimately couldn't breathing just be oxygen addiction? So let's, let's all, let's all take a poll. Let's vote by applause. Who wants Obama to use reconciliation to push through his health care bill so you can see a doctor and go on living? Okay. Now, who wants the Democrats pulling a legislative gangbang so rubber-gloved ass-probers can keep you from going to heaven? You know what? We might need health (laughs) care, because you people are sick.
6: Our top item today, conservative leader Rush Limbaugh reaches new levels of fear-mongering on health care reform, claiming it would lead to 250 million uninsured. You see, my friends, this is the trick.
2: Nobody will have insurance. And the insurance companies then will say, well, we don't have any customers. And they'll close up shop. And there's only one place left to go. The exchanges. <gasps> Can you imagine? They say there's 30 million uninsured now. Try 250 million uninsured. And every one of them paying a fine
6: to the government for not having insurance. In fact, if health care reform passes, Limbaugh promises to leave the country. If this passes and it's five years from now
2: and all that stuff gets implemented, I am leaving the country. I'll go to I'll go to Costa Rica. Can we hold him to that?
5: Today was National Drive in a Circle and Honk Day, as proclaimed by Americans for Prosperity. They're the corporate-funded fake grassroots group headed by a longtime Republican political operative named Tim Phillips, who you see here. You might also recognize Mr. Phillips because he's been a guest on this show a few times. That's because Americans for Prosperity has organized a lot of the opposition to health reform. They are the big bloody handprint people, for example, who you might remember from their bus tour with the speaker who said health reform. Was like Pol Pot and the Nazi Holocaust, all in one. So that strategy didn't work. Uh, health reform does look due to pass shortly. And so now Tim Phillips' anti health reform group has resorted to today's national directive to drive around in a circle and honk. Next year's protest scratching your nails on a chalkboard to protest cap and trade. <laughs> Health reform is about to pass, uh, which for all the clamor about it is a huge political victory for the Democratic Party. In one way or another, presidents have been trying since World War II for health reform. while well, generation after generation, the system has just become more and more unsustainable. Health costs now rising to the point where they account for one in every six dollars spent in our economy. That's dollars spent on anything. But no one's been able to try to really do anything to fix this problem. Nobody's been able to get this close to fixing the problem until now. Passing health reform is going to be a landmark moment for the Democratic Party. And so, say it with me now, everybody freak out! Those opposed to Democrats pulling off this political feat, drove around in circles and honked today. Uh, They also held a tea party on Capitol Hill, though only a few hundred people showed up. What that event lacked in numbers, they made up for in exclamation points.
4: I don't wanna make you sick, but I brought an abortion to show you today. There's a whole lot of demons going on. There's a lot of demons around here, apparently.
5: Congressman Louie Gohmert of Texas. Unclear, to be fair, uh, if the demons are the same as the abortion he says he brought with them or if the demons are a separate matter from the abortion he says he brought with them. Unclear. Unclear, but emphatic, which is the way to understand what is happening to the opposition to health reform now. Today, at National Republican Congressional Committee headquarters, Republican leaders gathered to promote their red alert campaign to try to re-energize the opposition to health reform.
2: We want Americans to go to
4: code red. Uh, Understand that we've got to put all the pressure we can on these wavering Democrats uh, to make sure that this bill never, ever, ever happens.
5: Go to Code Red. Here's the problem with the Code Red strategy. Uh, Even as Republicans are calling for pressure on Democrats to vote no on health reform, since they've locked up all the Republican votes already, Republicans at the same time are admitting that even if any Democrats do what they say and vote no on health reform, Republicans are still promising to attack those Democrats on health reform. So in other words, there's no incentive at all, no reason at all for any Democrats to go along with Republican efforts to get them to vote no on health reform. Either way, Republicans are promising to still attack them. Democrats' only choice on this issue is whether they'd like a record of historic achievement to stand on when responding to those inevitable attacks.
4: President Barack Obama's been working on reforming our health care system for the better part of the past 300 years. <laughs> there have been some ups, the passing of a House version of the bill, the passing of a Senate version of the bill. There have been some downs, mainly downs. There have been a lot of downs, mostly da- You know, even the House and Senate bills were downs, actually. This has really been like the quaalude of bills. It's been a lot of downs. But now we enter health care reform 2.0, the final confrontation.
7: President Obama back in campaign mode.
8: The last big push to try to pass health
9: care reform. All the marbles, all he can muster, one last shot, one final pitch, this is it. That's the most ridiculous
4: (laughs) news intro I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> Acting like it's the Civil War and is firing on Fort Sumter. <laughs> but it is true. Barack Obama is making a final push for healthcare reform, and he's doing it campaign style. This week, Obama <laughs> barnstormed the swing states of Missouri. In Pennsylvania to make election style speeches, to, uh, selling his healthcare uh, plan complete out, with election style theatrics.
2: First, I'm kind of fired up. <laughs> I'm a little warm here, son. Uh, it's a little hot up here.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Now that it's so warm up here, maybe we should take the lights down a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know what? Maybe. Hold on. Maybe let it get a little, little, a little music to set the healthcare reform move. Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. Why don't you let Dr O cover all your pre-existing conditions, baby? Sorry, sorry. No. I don't know what came over me there. And while Obama's not in full-fledged national election campaign mode, where he might break out a Springsteen or an Oprah, it's still campaign mode. Miss Catherine McPhee, who's going to be performing a song in the program. May I say that you don't know. Yo, dog, um, <laughs> yo, I thought that was, you know, for me, a little bit pitchy. But other me thought that was a hot one, yo. <laughs> that was a hot one. That made me cry. Shut up, Carrie. You ain't Paula. Uh, I, 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 think, I, think it's all, I think it's all a bit boring, utterly forgettable. I don't think any of us will remember it 24 hours from now. Frankly, I'd be surprised to see it with the White House next week. Um, By the way, if you like that, you'll love my one-man show on Broadway. John Stewart is the Idol Judges. <laughs>
5: <Okay>.
4: um, uh, <laughs> I, I watch it a lot. The president even has his base fired up. His base were out Tuesday protesting health insurance executives in Washington, D.C. So the president is back with his A game. But of course, in any campaign, there's an opponent. And while congressional Republicans sequester themselves searching for parliamentary procedures to derail the process, Obama's real opponents are hard at work.
2: Healthcare tax hikes, the latest report on the controversial bill. Every American family needs to hear how to stop the Dem's big push. Liberal hypocrisy. Reconcile this. What's the GOP strategy for blocking a possible partisan push?
4: Yes, the loyal opposition, Fox News, has started running negative ads against health care reform as they go into their own campaign mode. And while the president's getting out there talking to the American people, Fox already knows what they think about health care.
7: of those polled are against the plan. 57% say passing the plan will hurt the U.S. economy. 81% believe that this is more likely to cost more. 66% believe that passage will lead to higher deficits. And 78% say it's likely to mean higher middle-class taxes. Are those
4: beliefs correct? (laughs) Who gives (laughs) a They believe it. And why do so many people believe something that, that may not have any basis in fact?
2: Liberal hypocrisy? Reconcile this. What's the GOP strategy for blocking a possible partisan push?
4: Oh, right. <laughs> but what about those pro health care reform protesters? Aren't they average American folks speaking out as well? Well, they may appear that way. Through the sharp focus of a professional news camera, the Fox isn't afraid to show them for who they really are, opting to film the protest like it's an anti-government one off Alivacer Street in Tehran. We in
8: well over 1,000, maybe 2,000 protesters here surrounding the Ritz-Carlton and a lot of uh, police on edge under the thinking that the, the uh, protesters are going to try to storm
0: the gates here pretty soon.
4: Oh, my God! <laughs> They're going to storm the gate! Well. First of all, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel has gates. Second, I'm not sure you can storm things in a wheelchair. Oh, I get it. I get it. Wait. That lady must be the post-storming getaway car shot on a camera phone it doesn't mean their real news coverage wasn't fair and balanced
7: they're threatening to arrest the lobbyists inside for their quote crimes against health care do we understand this to be their one and only stop today or are they actually gonna go to to Capitol Hill where the actual lawmakers are I mean is this basically a PR stunt do we think Jake and I think they're gonna hang out
0: here until they see the media is no longer here you know
7: yeah, what I mean yeah I, I know exactly what
4: you mean <laughs> I think Fox News might be the meanest sorority in the world. <laughs> As we said... <laughs> now, what are you gonna... Yeah, they'll leave, you idiots. <laughs> As we said, when Obama's in campaign mode, he breaks out the celebrities. Well, Fox isn't gonna be able to counter that. Because they hate celebrities.
7: I'm joined now by the cowboy crusader. Kid Rock is in the house. You're out there, you're talking to people. What what are they saying to you? What is your reaction when you hear about this government spending?
4: (laughs) What are you asking him for? He's just a kid. (laughs) Not to mention a rich celebrity musician that represents everything you oppose.
7: You are every man. You, listen, you're not a Hollywood guy. You're not a Manhattan guy. You're from Michigan, the Detroit area. That's where you, you've chosen to raise your son.
4: You're an every man. You speak for all the Joe Six Packs out there who have ever videotaped themselves getting a <laughs> job <laughs> or were engaged to Pamela Anderson. Welcome, kid. I have kid. no idea why I'm here. <laughs> I like that guy. Hey, Kid Rock. Follow their script. You're a regular guy against spending. <laughs> For more on Fox's efforts to fight tyranny, we go out to Sam B, standing by live at Fox News headquarters.
3: Hi, John. I'm here at 48th and 6th, a beacon of justice, beset on all sides by the liberal intelligentsia, the real America's green zone, a safe harbor in a sea of socialism.
4: Are you OK, Sam? It's, it looks like the chaotic scene there. It,
3: Sam? Thanks, John. I'm okay for now, but it is tense here. Anything could happen at any minute.
4: Sam, what, why is the video so choppy? You have a camera crew with you.
3: Oh, you mean these guys? These union thugs? No, why, why
4: shoot this on your
3: phone? Just turn the real cameras Fine. on, will you? Great. That you. Now just looks like we're standing outside their building with a camera. I hope you're happy, Stuart.
4: Sam, what's the mood like there at Fox headquarters?
3: Well, Excited, but a little nervous, Fox has been very clear about the need to fight government power, until the Republicans are back in charge, at which point it'll be everyone's patriotic duty to defend government power. true. You know, it's interesting, Mm -hmm.
4: I'm used to their opinion, people, between the hours of six and ten, and then eight to nine, and seven and Mm -hmm. four. except Jewish holidays be... (laughs) But I haven't seen their news people in the news block be so partisan before, Megyn Kelly especially.
3: Oh, no, 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 John. She's a totally impartial journalist. Absolutely fair to both sides, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh yeah. I know exactly.
4: What you're talking about?
3: Hold on, wait. What do you mean? Because I was actually being sarcastic. Oh, oh, I was too. I thought that.
2: Okay, I got nervous.
4: W- w- what are you going to do now?
3: Well, uh, I'm probably going to go hang out across the street at the 21 Club, you know, after a hard day of work protecting real Americans. A lot of the Fox News guys like to get out of the green zone and go there. They have a goat cheese haricot salad with a pinot grigio glaze that they say is so good. Sean Hannity comes in here every night, dips his balls in truffle oil, and <laughs> it's silly. <laughs>
4: Are you, you're being sarcastic again.
3: What?
7: Our top item today, media conservatives are attacking Democrats for considering using the self-executing rule, or what some have dubbed the slaughter
1: solution, to pass health care reform. So by passing that rule, then they can pass the health care bill without actually voting on it. That is crazy.
7: It might as well be a self-immolating rule because so many people would be angry if they didn't actually
2: vote on it. So, the scheme, the twisted scheme by which a Democrat leader's plan to bend the rules to ram Obama's legislation through Congress now has a name, the Slaughter Solution.
7: In fact, the self-executing role requires a majority vote in the House and is an accepted part of House procedure. So much so that a former Chief of Staff for the House Rules Committee stated that the Republican Party set new records for using it.
10: If any health care reform emerges from the bonfire of partisanship and dissembling in Washington. One thing seems certain, it will be incorrigibly biased against a woman's freedom of conscience when it comes to abortion. She will be ever more subject to the state's control and ever more at the mercy of religious doctrine to which she may or may not subscribe. In this respect, both reform bills in the House and Senate differ only slightly. Each is tough on women. As you've been reading, Catholic bishops in particular have led the lobbying charge to prohibit any woman who receives insurance subsidies under the legislation from using that money to buy policies that cover abortion. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, for one, says any compromise on this would be, quote, morally unacceptable. This, from an all-male hierarchy of clergy, morally compromised themselves by the church's failure to protect the children in its care from abuse by its own priests and by ongoing efforts to cover up the full extent of the scandal. Nor have their own sins prevented Protestant politicians and preachers from casting stones at those who would, to any degree, support a woman's freedom of choice being covered by the current reform bills. I would include among that pious flock many who champion family values, abstinence, and homophobic bigotry while indulging in or turning a blind eye to sexual harassment, sampling the pleasures of brothels, or heading to Argentina for more than language lessons. Given the human lapses in their own ranks, you might think that such people would practice a little more forbearance toward the personal anguish of other mortals. But right now, Utah, a state dominated by the Mormon church, is about to make criminals of women who even go looking for what used to be known as a back alley abortion. In the New York Times this week, reporter Kirk Johnson told the story of a young woman whose desperation set in motion the machinery of state oppression. We don't even know her name, but it's been impossible to get her out of my mind. Last year, seven months pregnant, and so desperate she paid a man $150 to help her induce a miscarriage. They went down into a basement and he began kicking her, again and again, blow after blow, his shoe into her swollen body. Only another woman, having endured anything similar, can imagine the torment in that young girl's mind, a torment ignored through the centuries by men who make laws they insist women must live by. Somehow, the fetus survived and the girl gave birth last August. The child has been adopted, the man she hired to attack her is in jail. But the state wants to make this young person and others like her criminally liable for inviting violence against herself. The legislation is on the governor's desk awaiting his signature. Maybe they will inscribe the new law onto every basement and back alley wall in Utah, but they should also carve on the walls of the state legislature and the governor's office the words of the humanitarian Albert Schweitzer, who understood the sorrows of the world and who urged us to think occasionally of the suffering of which you spare yourself the sight.
1: Continuing health care fetish is threatening to destroy Congress, and that would come as quite a blow to the 10% of Americans who still approve of Congress. <laughs> well, tonight we start fighting back in the Colbert Report Action Center. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the heart of the resistance. For our own safety, we cannot use our real names. From now on, I shall be called Comandante (laughs) Juevos. Up till now, folks, President Obama has shown the kind of leadership I admire in a Democrat.
2: None. I think there's some ideas on both the Republican and Democrat uh, side. Members of Congress have had different ideas, and we are still exploring these ideas. As with any legislation, compromise is part of the process. Those bold words
1: reminded me of when FDR told our troubled nation, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Unless, what do you guys think? (laughs) But just this morning, something
2: was different. We need to pass health care reform. Not next year, not five years from now, not ten years from now, but now. If not now, when? If not us, who? I got all my Republican colleagues out there saying, well, no, 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 we want to focus on things like cost. You you had 10 years. What happened? His voice really has seemed to
1: have changed. Folks, I'm afraid Obama is going through presidential puberty. (laughs) And the testicles-in-chief have descended into SAC Force One. And Obama is swinging them with something called reconciliation, (laughs) a filibuster-killing up or down vote that only needs 51 votes to win. In other
8: words, They're going to ram this down America's throat. Jam it down their throats. Shove this thing down our throats. Jam this down the throats of the American people. Force it down everybody's throats. Cram this thing down
1: America's throat. The American people do not want anything jammed down their throats. Unless it is first battered and deep fat fried. But folks, here's where we stand. This is America, represented by Uncle Sam. Obama is trying to get health care, represented by this giant pill, down America's throat. Thankfully, the Republicans are obstructing it, represented by Mitch McConnell's head, which stops the legislation lodging it safely in America's windpipe. And while Obama has been a bully through this entire process, Republicans have been the soul of reasonableness. Please don't do this. Just please. Let's do a field goal in health care. Let's don't score a touchdown by ramming it down somebody's throat. Yeah, don't you know anything about football, Democrats? You don't score touchdowns against the will of the opposing side. That's mean. You give them back the ball, then they help you kick a field goal. And everyone gets ice cream. Just not health care. So how do you take action to stop this seemingly incurable health care bill? Well, here to tell us is Washington Post columnist Ezra Klein. Ezra, thank you so much for coming back. You know how these things work down in Washington. So walk me through how this process works. So the the House has got the Senate bill, okay? And what does the House have to do? What does Nancy Pelosi have to deliver? So the House passes a Senate bill unchanged, and then they
11: do a reconciliation sidecar, as it's called, or other people call it micro-reconciliation, which is a small couple of pages, when Barack Obama put his out, 11 pages, fixes, tweaks, make the bills a little bit more similar to one another, goes back to the Senate. They just pass the little reconciliation sidecar and then it goes to the president. Okay, so,
1: so, the, so the House passes the entire Senate bill. Mm-hmm. Will they do that? They will if they can find the votes. But do, do <laughs> congressmen trust senators? No. That, that's been the big problem here so far.
11: What they want the Senate to do is sign a letter of intent saying that if you do this, we will do that. The is this a of, binding letter? No. Okay. <laughs> so it's a useless piece of paper. Somewhat. The problem for the Senate and for Barack Obama is if they don't do what they tell the the house they're going to do, they'll never get anything through there again. So they do have some consequences
1: that they need to fear here. Now, what can the Republicans do to to, to drag this out? Because the Republicans want to drag this out all the way to the Easter break, right? So they can have more town hall meetings and and, and whip up the Americans who are against this. They, They would like to drag it out to the end of time.
11: And what they could do is they could do what's sort of called an amendment-a-thon. They can keep proposing amendments, 100, 500, 10,000.
1: Could their first amendment be, we think there should be infinite amendments? They could give
11: it a shot, but here's what they need to do. It works with genius. The Senate parliamentarian, who's a Senate bureaucrat who can essentially rule on the rules, Mm -hmm. can say, your amendments are here simply to waste time.
1: And if they say that, that shuts down the amendment strategy. But isn't this the end of democracy as we know it, if 51 senators can pass something against the will of the majority 49? Uh, <laughs> our,
11: our system has never survived a 51% vote before.
1: How long is this reconciliation bill? How long is the reconciliation bill? Right now, what Obama put out is 11 pages. So he managed to take a 2,400-page bill and put it into 11 pages. <laughs> no, did, he he, did he expand the margins? Yeah, the, the,
11: the, the type went down to 10 point. Mm-hmm. No, it's just changes to the bill. It's simply subsidies go a little bit up, Revenues change a little bit. The way they do the taxes changes a little bit. They're just tweaks. This is the thing. The House and Senate have passed bills already. House can simply pass a Senate bill unchanged, give it to Obama tomorrow, and he could sign it. No reconciliation if the House didn't want it. But in order to bring the House on board, they're having to do this micro-reconciliation to bring the two bills a little bit closer together here at the
1: very end of the game. Doesn't everybody in America hate this bill? (laughs) Everybody in America hates this bill many people in america everyone <laughs> <laughs> many in people... america hates this bill. Many in if america... it passes doesn't approve that we don't need government anymore because they don't represent us
11: uh, i don't quite think that many people in america don't like what's called the obama health care bill then if you tell them what's in it they like it a lot
1: more so the ingredients are good obama turns out to be a terrible chef <laughs> <laughs> or
11: at least quite bad at writing a menu
6: Conservative media figures continue spreading lies about health care legislation, falsely claiming that Democrats plan to pass health care reform by illegal and deceitful means. I think they're going to pass this thing. They're going
8: to do whatever it takes to pass it, and they're not going to go the traditional way. They are going to go the way of snakes and
2: cockroaches. They're going to crawl out in the cover of darkness. In other words, literally shredding the Constitution. If they do this in a lawless way, this makes Watergate look like romper room. This is the overthrow of the U.S. constitutional system orchestrated from the White House.
8: Demon pass, by hook or by crook, any way they possibly can.
6: In fact, every member of Congress would vote on the legislation, and the rule in question, known as the self-executing rule, or demon pass, is a well-established part of House procedure frequently used by Republicans in past years.
12: Michelle Malkin warns of a new dubious poster boy for Dem Glenn Beck attacks his family. While Rush Limbaugh calls his message a sob story, if you thought the right couldn't sink any lower in their hysteria over healthcare reform, they just did. Their latest target, an 11-year-old boy. Marcellus Owens, a fifth grader from Seattle, speaking at a news conference alongside his grandmother and senior Senate Democrats, sharing the story of his mother, Tiffany.
1: My mom was diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension in 2006. She missed so much work that she lost her job, and along with her job, she lost her health care. And losing her health care ended up um, causing her her life, and I wanted to finish her fight for health care.
3: So I don't want any other kid to go through the pain that our family has gone
12: through. Stephanie Owens died at the age of 27 of pulmonary hypertension. And as Media Matters reports, her story and her son's telling of it sent the right-wing noise machine into overdrive. The website newsbusters calling the 11-year-old a spokesman for a liberal lobby, attacking his grandmother, Gina Owens, for her work with the Washington Community Action Network, a consumer advocacy group. Glenn Beck taking that attack. Questioning Ms. Owens' motives by attacking her group and the issues it supports.
8: There are pesky phrases in that one that we should point out. Social justice, shared community, and collective responsibility. Let's not forget, truly democratic society. Well, we're not a democratic society. Um, I think that was the Soviet Union. I believe it's the democratic socialist republic in China as well.
12: Beck then went after the group that helped Marcellus and his grandmother get to Capitol Hill.
8: The trip was paid for by Healthcare for America Now. That's the George Soros-funded, Barack Obama-approved group fighting for healthcare. Since all of these groups are so concerned and so involved now, may I ask, where were you when Marcella's mother was vomiting blood? Wasn't this the perfect opportunity to help provide a decent quality of life for all? Or at least for one? You had somebody in your own ranks that knew that her mother knew. Dare I ask, where was grandma?
12: Desperate to catch up with Beck, Michelle Malkin, and Rush Limbaugh also joined in to refresh your memory the pair also targeted 12 year old graham frost and his family in 2007 graham gave a democratic radio address objecting to president bush's veto of a bill that expanded s chip the state children's health insurance program. That led to Malkin to call his parents spoiled brats and Limbaugh to question the family's finances. In the case of Marcellus Owens, Malkin called him a human kiddie shield for the Dems, with Limbaugh echoing that sentiment. Now, this
2: is unseemly, exploitative, An 11-year-old kid being forced to tell this story all over just to benefit the Democrat party and Barack Obama. I would also say this to Marcellus Owens. Well, your mom would have still died, because Obamacare doesn't kick in till 2014 if they sign it this year.
12: Really, Rush? That's what you would say to an 11-year-old kid about his dead mother? Come on, Rush. Tell your listeners the truth on this one. Even you would never say that to an 11-year-old. I know being mean is part of your business model, and I know it's easy to say things you regret in three hours of live radio. But now, you really should do what your dead mother, Millie, taught you to do in a situation like this. Apologize. Come on, Rush. Rush. Tell Marcellus you're sorry. You saw him, Rush. He's a classy kid. He'll accept your apology. You just have to be big enough to say you're sorry. Go ahead, Rush. You can do it. It's not that hard. Make Millie proud of her little boy.
4: appears that health care reform fast-heading for its final vote. Now, Arguments against the health care bill have typically included the bill is too long, it is not sufficiently fiscally responsible. Uh, the majority of Americans are satisfied with the level of health care that they already receive. Well, let's see how bill opponents are handling their closing arguments. It is a flea-infested, tick-infested, parasite-infected, special interest-infected, wet, smelly dog an abortion to show you today.
7: Grandma isn't shovel-ready. This
4: should not be passed by anyone unless they eat it. (laughs) Touché. This can only mean one thing, people. The debate has gone to HealthCon 1, the Metascarening. <laughs> the endgame has begun! <laughs> and as Republican lawmakers ratcheted up the rhetoric and Tea Party activists stormed the congressional ramparts. <laughs> You make an excellent point where are the Democrats when we bring the bill to the floor we will have the votes they're gonna have the votes and how do they know they'll have the votes because they will change the procedures available to them until they have the votes while opponents spend their days searching for synonyms of catastrophic reform supporters have been living in a bunker underneath the Senate parliamentarians office Remember, the Democrats don't have 60 votes anymore
12: after that election in Massachusetts. By the way, they only need to get 51 votes, not 60, because they're using this reconciliation process. Now
11: there is word that House Democrats may try a tactic. It's called deem and pass. Deem
4: and pass. We call it a
7: self-executing rule. You pass the rule, and whatever's embedded in it will then pass.
4: (laughs) That's a legislative move? That sounds like a drug mule move. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take the health care reform bill and we're gonna put it in a condom and shove it up your (laughs) And you're gonna shave your mustache, dress up like a nun, you walk across the border, take a laxative 12 minutes later, everybody gets insurance! Everybody gets... The last-minute maneuverings
9: on both sides have created chaos! Capital phone lines are jammed. Congressional offices inundated. Don't look now. Uh, But the health care debate has now gone viral. (gasps) Holy you can't get through to
2: Congress?
9: (laughs) It's gone viral. It's just a
4: grassroots organic expression of the people's outrage. Although you'll never guess who patient zero is in the viral outbreak. I suggest that you call, email, write members of your Congress. We have their Washington phone numbers, their district phone numbers.
1: Call them. Call every one of them. To make it easy for you, what, what we've done is provide a simple link. You can go to callcongressnow.com. Pick up the
7: phone and call their member of Congress today. Make your voice heard, and that's what people are going to do.
4: We have a list of congressmen to call for swing voters to call to get them to vote against it. Keep calling until they answer. And if you don't know what to say, just hold the phone up to the television, we'll take care of it for you. (laughs) You know, this combination of arcane parliamentary rejiggering by Democrats and cynical partisan fear-mongering by, uh, I guess as they're now known, Tea Party Fox publicans, (laughs) reminds me of something, but I can't remember exactly what.
2: I look back 20
8: years ago in the square in Prague, I mean, Czechoslovakia, when tens of thousands showed up there and they shook their keys peacefully. And they took over their country, and they
2: achieved their freedom back again.
4: This reminds you of the Velvet Revolution? (laughs) This reminds me of Foxy Boxing. (laughs) To be fair, everything kind of reminds me of Foxy
2: Boxing.
6: Our top item today, Fox News makes a final push to kill health care reform using outright falsehoods, hyperbolic rhetoric, and unabashed political lobbying. Have a listen.
8: They are going to go the way of snakes and cockroaches. If this bill is passed, nearly one-third of doctors will quit practice medicine. Apparently it is
9: okay for a smoker
8: to be pitching health care what they're about to pass is a bloodstream disease reconciliation is kind of the legislative form of waterboarding it will be injected into our system and it will be incurable a lot of arm twisting perhaps some bribery going on go to the special
1: web page that i've created it'll make it easy for you to contact your congressman if you're gonna make phone calls if you're gonna donate for ads then i think it'll be defeated
6: is it any wonder that many consider Fox News to be a 24 hour right wing political operation?
13: What is going on with healthcare? Healthcare appears to be on the brink of perhaps having teetered as it has teetered oh, it for, it for all these many months. It may actually be about to tip over into passage.
9: Well, uh, it looks like that. Uh, there's going to be a Sunday vote. The uh, the Democrats were very pleased with the CBO numbers that came out this week. That's no, sh- a Congressional Budget Office, right. which is a nonpartisan,
13: uh, nonsectarian, neutral arbiter that determines what fiscal effect comes from legislation Congress passes.
9: Right, and uh, they show savings. They show the deficit being cut, including $1.2 trillion in the second 10 years. I think it's $100, and, uh, 100 billion in the first. in 10. the first 10 years. So that's a savings. And perhaps some Democrats, like John Bosheri of Ohio, may be the kind of Democrat who say, well, this is one of the reasons I've been on the fence, I'm nervous about the cost estimates, and uh, maybe this is one of the reasons I come over. Now, in this week, we've learned that one previous no vote from last November, Dennis Kucinich, said he would vote Yehill Yeah, but it. does that
13: hurt or help? I mean, it's one vote, yes. They've changed one no vote to and, a yes. And they've lost three. But does Kucinich change the image of the bill by coming over and saying he thinks it's better than nothing?
9: Well, look, I think right now it doesn't matter. Just like you get Dale Kildee, who's a pro-life Democrat, who was, you know, part of the Bart Stupak 12.
13: James Oberstar.
9: Oberstar. Now, they voted for the bill last time because of the Stupak Amendment. Because it
13: was in there and they felt satisfied with that abortion. Right. Language. And, but they don't like the Senate bill abortion language.
9: And Stupak says it's unacceptable. But Dale Kildee says, look, you know something? thing. Again, I could live with this language. star says I could live with this language and so there's some break. It seems to be some kind of a break in the pro-life StuPak 12 as we yeah. call
13: it. So if he doesn't have a dozen but he only has maybe six or seven that would be very good news for Nancy Pelosi trying to put this bill together. Right bar. now
9: yes votes who are now no votes it's Michael O'Curry of New York Joe Donnelly of Indiana who are now no votes. Now ultimately they're really not going to if they do this demon sheep is that what it's called no demon pass I'm sorry demon pass uh, gimmick I'm sorry procedure they're not going to be voting for the Senate bill they're going to be voting on the changes in the House bill bill. So the demon pass procedure... Which is why they do it. Right. Which is fine. I mean, I mean, I mean everybody does it. The, the Republic, it
13: has been done
9: repeatedly. Not for a hundred gazillion dollar uh, health care bill. On the other hand,
13: demon pass uh, has been used I believe something Patriotun. like the three dozen times by the Republican majority while they were in power.
9: And more times for the Democrats since That's they right. took over. But the point is both sides use it and both sides complain about it when the other side uses it. Interestingly enough, Louise Slaughter, who's the chairman of the House Rules Committee. The Republicans are calling it the Slaughter Rule because, you know... Because it's Louise
13: Slaughter is the chairperson of the Rules Committee.
9: She and Nancy Pelosi joined a suit with public citizen years back... Calling Demon Pass unconstitutional with a Bush measure, so whoever's in the minority complains, and once they get into the majority, they feel they have the right. And both sides play the game, and the hypocrisy is on both sides. But that's... has
13: any legislation ever been declared constitutional that was passed under Demon Pass?
9: Unconstitutional? No.
13: No. No. Exactly. And despite the fact that there have been many tests coming from whichever side was out of power so we're having one more round of that again and to some
9: degree another reason why everybody rolls their eyes when they think of Washington because the same thing is played just by the other the other side plays it
13: yes people roll their eyes but on the other hand this is politics wherever it's practiced I suspect it wasn't invented in Washington and isn't exclusive to Washington that the people who are in charge make the rules and the people who are not in charge complain about them. and it was not created in
9: 2010 it has been going on for a long long time
5: Washington waiting with bated breath tonight for one of the last health reform dominoes to fall. That domino is the official score from the Congressional Budget Office on the revised health reform bill, the CBO's official unbiased assessment of how health reform is going to affect the deficit. That CBO score could come out any minute now. Nobody really knows. It was expected to be released sometime this afternoon, then it was gonna be sometime late tonight. Now our best vaguely informed guess is to expect that CBO score to come out sometime tomorrow. Get ready, America, here it comes! And here's why you care about it. Once the CBO finally releases that score, House Democrats get to start the big 72 hours till a vote countdown clock. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has pledged to delay any votes on that health reform package until 72 hours after the CBO score is made public so everyone can read it. So tomorrow plus 72 hours means that a final vote in the, in the House will, will likely take place sometime on Sunday. After the House votes, the next step is for the Senate to pass its fixes to the bill. It's not exactly clear how long that process will take, but the aim is to wrap it up by the time members of Congress leave for the Easter recess. After that happens, the bill will be passed on to the White House for President Obama to sign it into law. As soon as President Obama signs health reform into law, it will be a whole new world for health insurance companies and for those who have had to battle health insurance companies to get the coverage they need. Now, all of this could change a little bit since nothing has been signed yet, so I can't tell you from the exact language because we don't have the exact language yet. But as best as we can tell from the proposals on the table, here's what's gonna happen. Within 90 days of health reform being signed into law, those who have been denied coverage because of some pre-existing condition will finally get a path toward coverage. They will have immediate access to care through high-risk insurance pools created by the government. That's first. If you can't get insurance now because of a pre-existing condition, you will get some relief within 90 days of the bill being signed. Another 90 days after that, it will be illegal for insurance companies to deny kids coverage because of their pre-existing conditions. Also, children will be allowed to stay on their parents' health care plans until they are 26 years old. Insurers will also be banned from imposing lifetime limits on health insurance benefits. Insurers will also at that point be banned from rescinding your insurance, rescissions they call it, taking away your insurance when you file a claim. All of this will happen within six months of President Obama signing health reform into law. Next stuff that happens, happens as of the next calendar year, as of January 1st. At that point, if you're on Medicare, you will qualify for free annual wellness visits. Also at that point, insurance companies will essentially be required to spend 80 to 85% of what they take in from you in premiums on actual medical care. Imagine, Uh, if they don't spend 80 to 85% of what you give them in terms of premiums on actual medical care, they will have to refund you the difference back. Also, if they want to hike your rates, they'll have to announce it. Then they'll have to justify it, and that apparent justification will have to be reviewed. They won't just be able to automatically, unilaterally raise those rates anymore. All of that happens as of next year. Then after that, after all of that, in 2014, it will no longer be illegal—excuse me, it will no longer be legal—for insurance companies to deny anyone coverage based on pre-existing conditions. Period. So, kids with pre-existing condition goes into effect very soon. It is by 2014 that it goes into effect for everyone. The health insurance exchanges at that point for people who who don't have coverage will also be up and running by that time. And in addition to the ban on lifetime limits on benefits, which goes into effect shortly, insurers in 2014 will be banned from imposing annual benefits, uh, annual limits, yearly limits on your benefits. So, so th- this is all, all those things I just described, this is all in motion. This is all happening right now. At this point, it's just a matter of waiting for that CBO score to come out. And as much as they have have tried, Republicans have, have not been able to stop health reform from going forward. And in defeat, reform opponents have been getting a little hysterical, in both senses of the word. Uh, following on the great success of yesterday's drive in a circle and honk day. uh, Today, some members of Congress decided to double down on their argument that it would be unprecedented and unconstitutional for Democrats in the House to pass reform on Sunday, because they might wanna do so using a tactic that Republicans have used over and over and over again. The number three House Republican, Mike Pence, told the conservative website, The Daily Caller today, that this so-called deem and pass rule, This thing that they want to use to to pass health reform this weekend mike pence said it's quote probably unconstitutional get this mr pence then faces the uncomfortable follow-up question quote well democrats say you voted for these rules yourself on three occasions mr pence responds quote yeah sure (laughs) yeah sure i voted for this thing but when when they do it it just seems so unconstitutional seemingly but not when I do it. Don't you see the difference? Republicans are trying to make the case that the self-executing rule, this deem and pass rule, uh, they're trying to make the case that it is unconstitutional. They themselves have used it more than 200 times over the past 15 years. But if you want to perfectly capture how much the opposition to health reform has fallen apart at this point, now that health reform is going to happen, Watch this. Watch the knot that Republican Congressman John Shadig of Arizona ties himself into as he tries to explain his opposition to health reform today on MSNBC with my friend David Schuster.
4: The insurance industry, the for-profit insurance industry, wanted an individual mandate, and that's what they're getting out of this bill. The for-profit insurance industry did not want a public option because they don't like competition. And guess what? They're getting that. It's giving the for-profit insurance companies exactly what they want. They already don't compete but Congressman, for business. you do and not your try party to support
1: the for-profit insurance companies. No, you no we don't. support the for-profit insurance no. system. You
4: know, you guys keep saying that, but I'm not the guy pushing the bill that. Says we should compel people to buy insurance from
5: the for-profit insurance guys. That's the Democrats. That's the President's bill. That's the Speaker's bill. It's their bill that says. So you, you support you single-payer? I would support, support government-run Medicare
10: would,
1: system. Let's just be absolutely support. clear
4: for all of our viewers. You support a government-run Medicare expansion.
5: Is that right? I would support forcing American healthcare companies to compete. Behold. the human pretzel. John Shattuck trying so hard to argue against health reform that he ends up arguing accidentally for a single-payer plan. Medicare for all! I hear you, brother. Right on. I'll see you at the next move-on meet-up. Right?
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. So I'm actually uh, producing this show and recording this right now on a lovely Sunday afternoon, but not just not just any Sunday. This is the Sunday that uh, everyone's been talking about, the, the Sunday that supposedly the, the big health care vote is going down. As of the moment that I'm speaking, I don't believe it's happened yet, so I have absolutely no insights on how the whole thing went down or whether or not it did. So I'm just as in the dark as, uh, as the content of this episode would lead you to believe, as I, I don't know how it all uh, turns out, but uh, I, I assume that everything will work out splendidly, and I will see you all on the other side next week as we, uh, as we wake up to a new dawn in, in springtime to realize that our entire world is now in, in brilliant color and and we we just we didn't even realize before that that we were living in, in the black and white uh, tyranny of a of a corrupted uh, privately run healthcare system and 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 that that will all be swept away and uh, all will be well from this day forward so i'm looking forward to that now just to do a little uh, just a little preemptive uh, explanation of what i suspect will be an inconvenience for myself and all of you uh, this this show, as I say, is uh, being produced on Sunday, and normally it would be posted today and be uh, ready for the weekend download so everyone can have it ready for their Monday morning commute or run or exercise or uh, office job uh, listening or a million other ways you guys listen to the show. But... Uh, just to give it a little, probably a little too much uh, inside baseball information, this show, of course, is hosted with a, a third party company who actually owns the servers and runs the system and everything. And that company has uh, been doing what I assume is a lovely job updating their system. And I'm sure I'm really going to appreciate it after it's all uh, updated and, and shiny and new. Uh, however, at, as of this moment, I my access to the system is completely restricted and I'm unable to post new shows. So, of course, as you're hearing me say this, that restriction has been lifted and I have gained the ability to post shows. However, I don't know how late this show will be because my access has actually been restric- restricted for a couple of days now, uh, something I did not expect. So um, there's that little unfortunate thing, but if this show is late, which I expect it will be, my apologies uh well not quite in advance but after the fact but i'm apologizing now before it actually happened so i guess you can work out the timeline on that and now as i always do i want to thank a couple of members they are the ones uh, you know members and and individual donors to the show are the ones who absolutely keep it going uh, the way it is just you know to back up for for any new listeners who who don't know um, starting about uh, like eight or nine months ago I you know had a regular job just like uh, just like anyone else and frankly entirely due to the big economic recession started to have my hours cut and and made the decision to start uh, a bit of a campaign to get this show uh, converted from a hobby to uh, supplemental income essentially just uh, purely out of necessity and so I started that campaign uh, I was able to increase the number of episodes I put out first to eight and now all the way to ten episodes per month and also in the meantime uh, launched the members only raw feed for uh, for bonus content for for anyone who wanted to support the show by donating five bucks a month and so that program kind of went on month after month and as I've described it before it was it was like uh, you know every new member who signed up was like a puff of air being blown into a life raft and and so you know month after month that life raft became a little sturdier a little sturdier you know to this day it's not ready for the open seas or anything crazy like that but i've you know been able to to take on this job full-time and uh you know put out more content uh for the for the Bonus content for the members, more content for the show. You know, everyone gets ten episodes free each month, and and all of this is due entirely to the you know individual donations uh, from people and and everyone who signs up to be a member. So, of course, naturally, I want to thank members, and today I want to thank Kellen J, who signed up on October 27th, and uh, and actually signed up for a full year in advance. So that's that's a huge help. Just. Knowing that 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 support is uh is there for a full year from kellen and uh, and then John L signed up on November sixth and signed up for five bucks a month, just you know regular membership but has stuck with the show this whole time, which is a huge help, just you know knowing that you know every month it's uh it's it's an, it's a frankly a bit of an odd feeling to make your living literally five dollars at a time but um but when everyone comes together it it can work so Thanks to you know these two members and, and everyone who signed up, everyone who's ever donated, the fact that this show's coming out ten times a month now is is a testament to uh, to the support of the listeners and uh, and the promise of ongoing support. And then, of course, you know, besides all those direct ways to support the show, the next best thing you can do is just help spread the word just by telling your friends. You know, obviously, I have no advertising budget to to help uh, increase the size of this audience. And and so it's really all word of mouth. And and I'm totally dependent on you guys to get out there, tell your friends, email some people, do whatever you want to do. And, you know, if you like the message of this show and think other people should hear it, then uh, then I hope uh, you'll take just a couple of minutes and spread the word. You can get in contact with the show through the website. You can also uh, you know, get connected between episodes uh, by following on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, very exciting that we just uh, passed 1,000 fans on Facebook, which I think officially makes those 1,000-plus uh, people uh, the cool group. Um, so if you're not already a fan on Facebook, then I'm afraid you're not in the cool group. So you might want to do something about that. I'm just saying. If you need more details on the show, uh, you know this one or any of our episodes, including links to all the sources we used and all the music in the show, check all of that out at the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from as far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C. as I can get, my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast brought to you 10 times a month now. Thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Bye bye black
3: and white up on a picture that wasn't right, pitch burning on a shining sheet, the only maker that you want to meet, a dying man in a living room, The shadow bases the floor, will take you out